Hi, you're listening to the Abundant Encounters podcast, and this is Mary Marsingill. We're so honored to have you. And just quickly, before we get started, I wanted to remind you to rate this podcast and give positive reviews anywhere you're listening, Apple, Google, and others. Just talk about what you're experiencing, or especially any encounters that you felt like you had during an episode. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could take five seconds right now to pray for our podcast and ministry to succeed. Five seconds might not sound like much, but we believe that our collective prayers will make a massive difference and protect and prosper these ministries' efforts to glorify and exalt Jesus. Our hope is simple, that people have real encounters with Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. Please join us now for just five seconds to pray. Thank you so much. Here's Josh. Awesome. Thank you for praying for us. Thanks for joining us on this new episode of the Abundant Encounters podcast. My name is Joshua Marsingill, and I'm excited to share with you today. Thanks for the intentionality of just wanting to get closer to God. It's our cause to reach Christians for Christ, as Graham Cook used to say. Um, we want to, to help sons and daughters to experience the loving Father we have access to such a precious assignment that we feel like God has put us on and um, so our prayer is that he gets this opportunity to move in you and we're going to do what we can to create that opportunity here making space for God is a big deal he recognizes the pace of our lives he knows how busy we are and our presence is valuable to the father because he knows what you're doing to, to make it possible. So his presence is valuable to us. Our presence is valuable to him. Isn't that so awesome and sweet? So what we do on the Encounters podcast, if this is your first time, is we just we read through the scriptures because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you get two things. You get faith increase hearing ears and that's so awesome just like that just from listening to the word of god and um and so we follow that up with an activation and in that activation we believe that's where you'll encounter the lord or any time before that you could be encountering him right now being present is a big deal because god's presence is in the present he's in the future he's in the past but he's right here right now that's where we can feel him. And we can't feel him in the future or in the past. We can't sense him in the future or in the past. We can sense him now. So being present is huge. So if you struggle with that, like I do, um, you, could, you could just go ahead right now, even with your eyes, and just identify three different things that you can see with your eyes. Identify three different things that you can feel. And 
maybe you just ate breakfast or uh, lunch or dinner or something and you could kind of taste that in your mouth. Identify three things you can taste. You're already feeling a little more present, aren't you? And that's the idea. What are some sounds? Three sounds. Okay, now that you're feeling grounded and present here, let's, let's ask and wonder about what God is doing right now become spiritually present. Yeah. He's not hiding things from us, he's hiding things for us. And it's always simpler than we think because it's we learn to ignore the obvious. So if it's something right in front of you that seems easy, don't despise small beginnings, follow it through because there's an acorn tree in the acorn. Amen. So let me pray for you and us, and I'll get started. Lord, we come to you. We need you, Lord. We want you, Lord. We want more of you. We want to include you in this amazing, dramatic beautiful life that you have for us. We don't want to do it alone, not even a little bit. And so we thank you, Father, for your presence. We trust you. We know that you have good things for us. You're our hope. Yes, you're the truth. You're the life. You're everything. We thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus, for the authority that you've given us. And I use that authority right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I bind up anything that would try to hinder this time. And I loose heaven in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'm excited. We're going to get into chapter 41 in the book of Genesis. We're reading from the Passion Translation. And we're continuing with the story of Joseph on our Rescuer series. And um, this is where he goes from the pit to the palace. And um, that's so awesome. He, God makes him from the inside out. You know, so powerful. So we'll get started here. After two full years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. And up from the river emerged seven healthy, fat cows. And they began grazing in the marshland. Then he saw seven other cows come up from the Nile right behind them. They were ugly and thin. And they stood beside the fat cows on the river bank. The seven ugly thin cows ate up the seven healthy fat cows. After Pharaoh's dream, he awoke and fell back to sleep. 
he dreamed a second time. In his dream, he saw seven ears of grain, plump, ripe, and growing on a single stalk. Close behind them sprouted seven ears of grain, thin and shriveled by the east wind. Then the seven thin ears swallowed up the seven plump and full ears. Then Pharaoh awoke from his vivid and disturbing dream. The next morning his spirit was agitated, and so he called for all the magicians and wise men in Egypt. Pharaoh recounted his dreams to them, but no one could give him the interpretation. When the chief steward heard about the dreams, he remembered Joseph and said to Pharaoh, Please, your dream reminds me today of my failures. Once when the Pharaoh was angry with his servants, he incarcerated me and the chief baker in the prison of Potiphar, the captain of the guard. We both had dreams on the same night, but with different meanings. There was a young Hebrew man imprisoned with us who had been the personal servant to the captain of the guard. And when we told him our dreams, he interpreted them and told each of us their meaning. And it happened just as he said, Pharaoh restored me to my post, but he had the baker impaled. After hearing this, Pharaoh immediately sent for Joseph. They rushed him out of the dungeon to prepare him to meet with the king. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came and stood before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had two dreams that no one can explain. I have heard that you are able to interpret a dream the moment you hear it. I cannot do it alone, Joseph replied, but God will help me to give Pharaoh the proper interpretation for Pharaoh's welfare. Then Pharaoh told Joseph, In my dream I was standing on the bank of the Nile, and up from the river emerged seven healthy, fat cows, and they began to graze in the marshland. Right behind them followed seven other scrawny and emancipated cows. Never have I seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The seven ugly, scrawny cows ate up the healthy, fat cows, but after consuming them, no one could tell that they had eaten them, for they looked just as bad as before. I awoke with a start, but immediately went back to sleep and had another dream. I saw seven ears of grain, full and ripe, growing on a single stalk. Right behind them sprouted seven thin, shriveled ears, scorched by the east wind. The seven shriveled ears swallowed up the seven healthy ears. I have shared my dreams with my magicians, but no one can give me an interpretation. Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, Both your dreams tell the same story, for God has prophetically told Pharaoh what he is about to do. Both the seven healthy cows and the seven healthy ears represent seven good years. It's the same dream. The seven ugly and scrawny cows that followed and the seven shriveled ears scorched by the east wind are seven years also. They represent seven years of famine. It is just as I have told Pharaoh, God has divinely revealed what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great abundance throughout all the land of Egypt, followed by seven years of intense famine. 
all of Egypt will forget the former abundance, for the land will be ravaged by a famine, a very severe famine. They will not even remember their former abundance. The reason that Pharaoh's dream was repeated is that God has determined that it will surely happen and that he will soon carry it out. Joseph continued, Let Pharaoh select a very wise and discerning man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint other officials throughout the land to collect one-fifth of all the crops each year during the seven plentiful years. Have them gather all the food of these abundant years that are coming, and under Pharaoh's authority have the grain stored in the cities for food. Store it all as food reserve for the people during the seven years of famine coming upon Egypt, so that the land will survive the famine. Joseph promoted to power. Joseph's proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his advisors. He said to them, Where can we find anyone else like this one? For he has the Spirit of God in him. So Pharaoh turned to Joseph and said, Since God has divinely revealed this to you, there is no one as wise and full of insight as you. I hereby place you in charge of all my affairs, and all my people will obey your commands. Only I, the king, will be greater than you. Listen to me, Joseph. Pharaoh continued, I am placing you in charge of all of Egypt. Then he removed his signet ring, placed it on Joseph's finger, and had him clothed with fine linen robes. He adorned him with a golden collar around his neck. Pharaoh had him ride in the chariot reserved for the second in command, and sent runners going before him, crying out, Kneel! In this way, Pharaoh placed Joseph over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. No one in all of Egypt will lift a finger without your permission. A new identity and a bride. Pharaoh gave Joseph a new name, Revealer of Secrets. He also arranged for him to marry the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of Helipolis. Her name was Seneth, and Joseph took charge over all the land of Egypt. Joseph was thirty years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Leaving Pharaoh's presence, Joseph traveled throughout the entire land of Egypt. Seven Years of Abundance During the seven years of abundance, the land produced bumper crops. Joseph supervised the gathering up of all the great stores of food of the seven years of abundance and strategically placed them in various walled cities near where the harvest was gathered. He gathered such massive quantities of produce that he gave up trying to measure it all. It was like counting the sand on the seashore. Joseph's two sons. Prior to the famine, Joseph and Aseneth, daughter of Potiphar, priest of Halipolis, had two sons. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, saying, God has made me forget all my troubles in my parental home. The second he named Ephraim, saying, God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Eventually, Egypt's seven years of abundance came to an end. Then began the seven years of famine. 
just as Joseph prophesied. Although there was a severe famine everywhere else, food was available throughout the land of Egypt. When the Egyptians grew hungry, the people cried out to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh said to all his people, Go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. As the famine worsened over all the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe everywhere. So because of the severity of the worldwide famine, people from all over the world had to come and buy grain from Joseph. Did you catch that part about the ring and the robe? That's so powerful, thinking about um, Luke 15, when that comes up again. And uh, the signet ring is like the master charge account, you know, the, the credit card or whatever, the family credit card. It's such a powerful illustration of, uh, especially in the prodigal son, where... The prodigal comes home, he's spent all of his inheritance, and and uh, the father figure there, he gives him his credit card, his line of credit for the family. And um, it's just a story of redemption. And here we see a prisoner, a pharaoh, coming into this situation and a tough situation for Pharaoh. Pharaoh has had a disturbing dream. And sometimes it's hard to relate with people who have power. And if, if you've never had power or, um, or anything like that, then it's it can be challenging. But, but try to relate with him in this experience. This is him. This gives us an opportunity to see his humanity. And um, this difficult experience that he's had, he's calling on anyone like I need help I need somebody to come and help me and um, then Joseph shows up with the wisdom and the presence of God and he and he helps Pharaoh and Pharaoh is so stunned that there's legitimate wisdom in the room that he names him the revealer of secrets There's something in Joseph that doesn't look like a prisoner at all, and it's been exposed. There's something inside of him that is so valuable that Pharaoh throws his trust at him. He realizes that nothing in his kingdom is as valuable as this, as what's inside of this man. Maybe that's what happened to you when you got saved. You just realized that there was nothing more valuable. And even though you kind of ruled over your little piece of property, which is yourself, like you're, we're all made of dirt, you know, or, um, you know, and it's kind of poetic, but it's, it's true. We are land. And we had this little rulership over our land and we're like, you know what? I, I can't do it. 
I need you, Jesus. I surrender everything to you. You make the calls. You've got the wisdom. The Holy Spirit come live inside of me, make decisions. And so there's this beautiful connection that we can have to, to Pharaoh in this story and to Joseph. Joseph is the more common connection, and of course, we want to relate to the carrier of the wisdom of God, the revealer of secrets. So I'm reading a book uh, recently uh, called Integrity, and it's a pretty common book. It's been around since 2006, uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, and um the, the book is called Integrity, and its basic message is that integrity comes from the inside. It comes from character strengths. And um, when it's lacking, there's no amount of to-dos, really, that can make you a, a more integrous person. The real lack comes from the inside. It's, it's an inside job, you know, integrity in our lives. If we've noticed that it's lacking, um, we've just been slipping or something or gotten used to little white lies that we really don't want to tell, but we just do. Um, that kind of thing is just, is just the, the way that, I guess, the devil, but really it's just... It's the devil, it's us, it's us getting complacent, um, losing our passion. And, um, and it's, so it's in the, in the book, and it's, it's explaining that it's not, it's not really the losing the passion that's causing the problem. It's the problem is a character problem. So it's underneath. And so healing needs to occur on the inside so that that integrity is reestablished. See, Jesus paid the price so that we would have innocence restored. And so sometimes we just don't feel very innocent. And um, we need to know what that's about because the truth is, is we have an inheritance. Jesus paid it all or he didn't pay enough. And if he didn't pay enough, then like Hebrews says, we'd need him to get back up there on the cross, which is horrific to consider. But the point is taken, you know? That's not necessary. Jesus did pay it all. He paid it all. And so, us, for us, we live in that innocent that he, innocence that he purchased for us. And when we do, the outflow from that, like the outflow from Joseph's life, is the presence and wisdom and integrity that comes from heaven. Because it's just a simple flow, it just comes right through us. You see, the reality is, is that everyone is dealing with the problem of life as well as the solution of life. Every single person we have this in common with every person on the planet. And everyone's in different stages. 
different places. They're all dealing, we're all dealing with it differently. And so that's why it feels like we're just all alone sometimes. But the truth is, is that we're all in this together. The only thing that really makes us stand out and different is when we allow the Lord to do his inner work inside of us. And um, we do this a lot on the podcast and our activation today is going to be inner healing focused. But I just want you to know that we also have inner healing services, one-on-one counseling, it's lay counseling uh, available from our website. And these are powerful sessions. I wholeheartedly recommend it to you because I've just seen the amazing things that God does when he uses us. And we have a nice little team now, and so you have a few people to choose from, and um, there's just awesome, awesome options there. So I want to just take a second here and recommend that you get all the inner healing you can. You know, if you want to do it as often as people do counseling, (laughs) you can do that. It's usually not necessary. It's usually once or twice a year that you need inner healing. And God does tremendous things. He reprocesses um, tormenting dreams. He, and you know, head trash and cleans that stuff out. And he helps us heal from old, um, you know, wounds where we were had terrible experiences or traumatic experiences when we were a child or um, anywhere in our lives. And um, inner healing is amazing. So, highly recommend that you consider those services. It's abundantencounters.com. And so, let's do some of that now. And so, what I want you to do is, I want you to take a moment now and just close your eyes. Find a real comfortable place. Make yourself comfortable. Breathe. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I want you to picture Jesus. It can be kind of the atypical Jesus that you might see in a church or in a picture. If you're having trouble picturing Jesus, I want you to consider maybe a place that you were earlier today that you aren't now. Just imagine that for a second. Can you see things that you saw earlier? So in the same way, I want you to go back and consider, and we just kind of wake up your imagination a little bit, but the same way that you can picture where you were earlier today. Just imagine Jesus. Maybe that helps a little bit. Sometimes it does. So with the Jesus that you see, go ahead and um, 
attempt to move closer to him. Maybe he's closer, he's moving closer to you. That's fine. Move closer. Jesus gets to do whatever he wants. And so it's a possibility that maybe you can't see Jesus' face or you're just struggling to feel like there's a real connection here. And that's what inner healing can help with. See, the fact is, is that Jesus is actually real and he actually created your imagination and he is not going to miss an opportunity to connect with you. So Jesus is here. He's real. Let's begin to ask him some questions to see why it doesn't feel like we can connect with him. And maybe we'll find something out. So Jesus, just ask Jesus, Jesus, are there any lies I'm believing about you? What you're looking for here is an impression. Maybe immediately you felt like you knew what the lie was. Maybe it's just um, a single word. But um, don't despise small beginnings, you know, which is also a scripture. Like even if it's a tiny little something, just follow it up. It's okay. You can't go wrong here. You're learning to walk like a newborn baby sometimes. It's not, you know, the fatherliness of Godhead, they're not going to push you over. Jesus isn't going to be like angry that you that you fell or something, <laughs> you know. There's just nothing like that going to happen. So, you can try things. You're a child of God. You're not a slave of God. He's he doesn't get easily angered. His, his love is for you. He never fails you. You know, he's taking responsibility in this relationship. So I'm just encouraging you to go after the impressions that you're feeling. Don't be afraid to get something wrong. To try it again if you need to. If I interrupted your process, I apologize. Try to remember if you need to or ask the question again. Jesus, are there any lies that I'm believing about you? So by now you may be getting a good idea of what a lie might be if you are believing a lie. And um, that's actually good because what we're going to do is we're going to exchange it for the truth. And I'm going to walk you through that right now. So what you'll do is you'll renounce the lie. And you can do that by just saying, I renounce the lie that and fill in that blank there. So I renounce the lie. Good. Good. I mean, even that begins to feel good, right? So... Now that you've renounced the lie, ask Jesus, Jesus, what's the truth? Now maybe there's still a struggle here. If that's if there is, it's okay. Maybe maybe ask the question, what is the lie doing for me? 
and just ask yourself that question. What is the slide doing for me? That's kind of important if you're getting an answer from that to kind of assess why or why not you would want to keep that lie. And there is no reason good enough to want to keep a lie about who Jesus is, of course. But becoming aware of why you're holding on to it is helpful because that exposure is going to give you the chance to make a decision about it. In this case, we would want to exchange the lie for something. And so, Jesus, I give you this lie, this, and you can tell him what it is. Jesus, I give you this. What do you have for me in exchange? doing so good this is the inner work now what I want you to do is kind of check back in with Jesus how does it feel is he closer is he still the same is he does he feel different check all of your senses is there anything different Even if it's a small thing, consider it. There's another thing that the Bible talks about that can create a barrier between you and Jesus besides surrender and lies that we might believe. There's this third thing, which is unforgiveness. And it could be unforgiveness towards anyone. But Jesus knows exactly what it is. And sometimes these roots go deep. These roots go way, way back into our past. And we're like, I forgive that person a thousand times. There's no reason I need to. But when we ask Jesus, is there anyone I need to forgive? If he brings someone up, I just want you to trust Jesus and go ahead and forgive that person. So Jesus, is there anyone that I need to forgive? Um, you may have noticed a face popping up, maybe a name. Maybe you knew right when I started talking exactly who you need to forgive. Go ahead and forgive that person. And it might be you. It might be God. It might be Jesus. These things happen, we're humans. But just forgive them. Because your perceived reality is reality. It, for you, it doesn't matter if it's not true for everyone else. If it's true for you, then in your inner world, it's very true. So unforgiveness does nothing for us does nothing to get back at our enemies or anything else. It just keeps us disconnected, isolated, 
and unable to connect with Jesus. So how bad do you want it? Forgiveness is also an act of the will. And so that's different than it having to be like this big, um, this big ordeal. It's like, um, we may just, we just start where we're at, where we're at. Our willingness to want to forgive is such a big deal to God. And sometimes that's even enough. We can just say, I don't know how to forgive, but I want to. And that could be a huge movement. It's like a house of cards sometimes. If we're just willing to blow on that situation, the whole thing might come tumbling down. But when you're ready, if you've got that person, just say, I forgive and name that person. So I forgive. begin to release that person, say I release them from the judgments that I made against them, from this, from that. And you can bless that person. This is, this can be so hard, especially if there's been a, a real unjust thing that's happened to you. Um, but this will help you know that you've really let them go. This is getting forgiveness from the act of the will, from the head all the way to the heart. And so utilize what the Bible calls the eyes of your heart and imagine this person blessed. What do they look like blessed? And go ahead and bless that person. Amazing. Keep doing that. Amen. You have just forgiven someone. It could be yourself. It could be anyone. Thank God. And now... There's a lot of head trash, torment, things that have zero access to you anymore. And that will be nice. That will be peace of mind. But there's also this huge benefit of being able to experience Jesus. So go ahead and take another look at Jesus. And see if you're able to be more engaged with him can you see him can you see his face ask him Jesus what do you think of me Well, I hope that that went extremely well. This is just a little taste of what inner healing is about. And, you know, there's the whole Godhead here. So we've got Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father God. We, as Christians, our inheritance is that we have a connection 
to the Godhead. All of them. They're not distinct, they're, they're one, but it's still a connection to each one. It's like being connected to the family, to the community of God. I pray that this really blessed you. Today might be a big new day, especially if it is the first time you used a prophetic act like this and got pulled into a real encounter with the living God in his heaven on earth. This determination may reveal how the same God has been encountering you for many years and will eventually reveal how God is really everywhere and in everything. The good news, he is for you and not against you. He's hidden there for you and not from you. Seek him and find him. Seek like a king before you share as his priest. What you begin to find and uncover will cross the boundary of word only and enter into your own truth. You'll begin to live there. We pray blessing on you. May you be prosperous today from the inside of your spirit, through your soul, and then out into every circumstance of your day. May joy, hope, and peace overflow from within you abundantly. God is not short on encounters, my friend. I pray that the supply of heaven fill your life with infinite wealth that overwhelms and overcomes every deficit of this world around you and others here in this world. In Jesus' name. Come and visit us online at AbundantEncounters.com where you can find out more about our cause. We want everyone to have an encounter with God today. And on that website, you can find out ways to help yourself, help your friends. There's counseling, coaching, and articles available that will help you to embrace the lifestyle of encountering God. AbundantEncounters.com hey, I'm very excited to announce that we have some brand new journals, uh, encounter journals that are going to be available from our website, AbundantEncounters.com. And they're very simple. They use three prompts to help you focus on what you see Father God doing 
and what you hear him saying in your personal world. And I believe they're really going to bless you. It's 40 days that each, um, each one of these will cover. And I believe within that time frame, you're going to experience such amazing breakthrough and have more encounters. I, I believe that stewardship brings encounters because that's what I've experienced with our Father. He's not short on encounters, my friends. So I want to encourage you. These are very affordable. Um, just go check them out on our website, AbundantEncounters.com. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.